Welcome to What's the Story. I'm Kim Burns, and I'm here today with Troika Buchholz. And Troika is you're at the UN School right now. Is that yes, right? Yes, I am right now. Yes, overlooking the East River here. And tell us what you do at the school before we launch into what we're really talking about today, which is your new documentary. Uh, yes, I work as a music and movement teacher. I've been here now for 20 years, and it's a really great school. And we are connected to the UN, United Nations International School. And I also now recently started the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, which is very interesting and very up-to-date. And so, and what does that mean? Well, that means is that we want equal opportunities for everyone, regardless of race uh, and anything. So, yes. I thought we were trying to do that anyway. That's new? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can improve. I it. know. I know. We always have to put a little more effort into that, which is really too bad. But thank you. Thank yeah. you for doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I know that you and I have seen each other recently at the Mamiranek Library where you did mm -hmm. a screening of um, your your new documentary. If you want to talk about it, the children of Ganges. Tell, tell us how what this is all about. Well, I uh, started the school about 13 years ago in India, in Rishikesh. And um, it's a very small school for underprivileged children. And um, over time, I've made a lot of photographs and videos and everything. And a filmmaker said to me, like, would you like me to make a documentary about it? Because it's such an interesting story and people would love to hear it. And I said, yeah, but I have so much information because, you know, I have my whole Facebook full and everything and I don't know how to catalog anything. So and she said, oh, just put it in a Microsoft document and label it. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm an Apple girl. I do not know how to do that. So I send her the whole drawer of stuff. And then she made this documentary about the school in India. And where where is she located? She is located in Chennai, in the south of India. And so, and how did she find you? I mean, the whole story is so interesting because let's just backpedal a little bit to um, you growing up in the Netherlands and yes. then ending up going to India when you were quite young. Um, well, I was quite young, about 25 years old when I came to the U.S. And I uh, I got married and then, you know, as it goes, the marriage kind of fell apart and I really needed some time for me. And so I was thinking about, you know, I should maybe do a yoga course or something like that. And it was very cheap. I'm like, okay, I'm gone. I'm gone. Right, children? Do. And so I went for a yoga teacher training. But that is where I found all these children that were on the street. And that was like very shocking to me because I hadn't really seen that before, especially not in Westchester, neither in the Netherlands. Right. And of course, in India, it's um, unfortunately a fairly common problem. And people can see this in the documentary because it's really remarkable that there are so many children that are what are basically orphaned. Uh, and have nowhere to go, but more unfortunately, don't have any opportunities to attend schools. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about sort of the dual system of the fact that some kids get to go to school, but it actually costs money regardless. Mm -hmm. So it isn't yeah. like there's like public school, but with your school that you formed, mm -hmm. they actually go after whatever their day school program is, if they're lucky enough to go at all. Yes. Yeah. So it's a mix of children and also a mix of ages. Um, a lot of times, actually, we don't even know how old they are and they might not even know or their birthday or, you know, but um, everyone is welcome between six and about 16 years old. If they work on the street, we do a lot of outreach. 
we, and we will see them, we'll invite them and we'll invite them by saying like, you know, come to the school, we'll give you a good warm meal. And if you need any clothing, then we'll have that for you. And by that way, in that way, we make like a relationship with the children. And they understand that even if it's a hard day and they don't make any money on the street or anything, they're welcome to come. And we're at a certain space six days a week. Um, now, some of the children go to government schools, but even for government schools, you need to wear uniforms. And so you might say, yeah, it's a free school. But if you are living on the street, you don't have uh, uniforms. You know, your, your um, hair has to be in two uh, braids. You, all these things that we think, ah, oh, take it for granted, but it's very difficult. And a lot of the families uh, end up homeless for lots of different reasons. The health system is, is bad. Um, there's about 11 million children living on the street. And well, and it's really remarkable that you're able to even go in as somebody who is obviously not native to the area. And I guess the biggest question I have is, I know that one of the reasons you did the documentary is to raise awareness and to, of course, raise funds. And mm -hmm. you're hoping that people will see it, pass it around, possibly even do their own screenings yep. so that you can grow awareness, whether it's in the United States or in India, or you've also had opportunities uh, to reach out uh, in different areas of Europe, I understand. Uh, yes, of course, I'm in the Netherlands, but the documentary that is made, it just came out. It's about 15 minutes, and it really tells the story about how I met this little girl who was selling a drawing on the street, but it was made on lined paper, and I didn't give her much money for it, but I kept the drawing, and um, that's how she was making money, and I'm thinking, no, there must be a better life out there for her, and I'm a teacher here at the UN school, and we have lots of equipment and lots of materials, so that's what I thought, you know what, as an educator, maybe I can give back in some some kind of way, and then things fell into place, and have been coming back year after year, um, but it doesn't you know, we have to rent the space, we pay the teachers and we pay the teachers pretty well. We also pay them like when there is um, illness in the family, somebody has to go to the hospital. Um, the mother of the head teacher had terrible cancer and we were able to help her. And um, during COVID, a lot of families lost income. Uh, we were able to help some of the children. So we have done so many different things, um, but of course we need money for that. Um, right, yeah. absolutely. And I know that there are paid teachers, but also volunteers from all over the world. Yes. And I'm I'm hoping at that at the end you can give that contact information for people who either have the time or the inclination or whatever in order to, to go over there and help out or to send the money and help out. I guess one of the questions I have is have you ever been in a situation with kids on the street who are reluctant to be a part of something like this because it's foreign to them or is every child grateful and you know running with open arms uh, to 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 experience us no a lot some children are just very they're afraid of anything like they have had such a bad experiences they just don't come with anyone um but we usually when we do the outreach we do it with children that are already in the school and they speak hindi and i don't i'm just learning how to you know speak hindi now um so, and a lot of times they'll come for a while and then they may stop and then they come back. But they, as long as they are learning something and they're being there and, and being more committed, um, we're teaching them English, computers, um, music, yoga, um, 
Lots well, of and also, and also yeah. they get to, they have something to eat, which is yes. hugely a warm important. Meal. Every day, a fresh, warm meal, vegetarian, because it's a vegetarian um, religion area. So, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I know. It's a, there's one part in the documentary that's just so lovely when they're eating their food. And it seems like almost a religious experience, the way yeah. they're so quiet. And I know no American children who behave in that manner. No, and you can actually see my son lying down there because I took him <laughs> with me and he's like, he didn't like the vegetarian food. He's like, how these kids are not talking and eating, you know? Yeah, there's no yeah, I think they're, they're just so amazingly like, grateful for, for everything. So yeah. as we had talked earlier that the biggest problem that you're facing is, first of all, housing, which uh, yep. is, again, why you're doing this documentary, because mm -hmm. eventually it'd be wonderful to have a place that is permanent for your yep. for your students. Uh, but also the biggest thing is how to really keep it going. And I guess that is my question for you as somebody who, you know, you launch into it, you've been so successful at it, but the longevity of it is daunting. And you were telling me, I mean, the population just keeps you know, exploding and how do you possibly keep up and how do we get people to understand that this is, you know, it's really a worldwide issue. You just happen to be focusing in this particular area. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's there. I love India and it gave a lot back to me, like the yoga, the whole process. And, but it, you can do anything anywhere, as long as you do something for one person, right. It makes a difference. Um, and I'm not trying to change the whole world and I think no one can, but in, um, where I'm focused in India, we have about 40 children and we're going to keep it limited. I am here in New York. I can't oversee everything. I have a head of the school there. Um, but still, you know, time differences, you'll see it in the movie too. It's, it's, it is a challenge. Um, the head of the school has been with me from the beginning. So we have a really great understanding, which is needed and necessary. Um, and in India, things will just disappear, you know, like okay you give money where is it going but i know if you're going to donate if you're giving money it goes directly to children of the gangs i'm the one and my husband is the accountant who's actually making sure every penny is counted because um if you give to big places then you don't know what happens i know it's it's well i think it's very scary for people anyway because it's it's really outside of their realm of thinking and yeah. it's it, it's literally foreign to them mentally and and otherwise yeah. So uh, we're going to attach uh, a clip of the documentary so people can easily okay. have access to that. Any other information? What is the website for people to be able to reach you and or uh, give donations? Yeah, so the website is www.childrenoftheganges.com. Children of the Ganges, the Ganges is the river. Um, Childrenoftheganges.com. And I'm going to attach QR code, so that's going to be easy. Um, and I understand most people don't go to India. So maybe through this documentary, you'll feel connected and you'll see that, you know, these children deserve better and that we can do it. Like um, 40 cents a day will be enough for a warm meal, um, a fresh warm meal. And um, well. well. Well, and the last thing I have to add that is, the center, the area that your school is in, is also uh, a yoga, you know, capital. I know that people go there and seriously practice yoga and and learn the art and the craft and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. 
And so I think that might be a draw and be helpful because it's, you know, people need many reasons to travel across the world. And I think that that's demonstrating the documentary. So it'd be really wonderful if people would, would take a peek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have lots of volunteers that come that do the yoga teacher training and they want to give back. And they like now we had an Irish dancer um, who taught them the the jig. And it's about exposing them to lots of different things. I'm not expecting them to become Irish jiggers, you know. Of but course they'll not. They'll be open and they'll see that there is a lot of things out there for them. And they don't have to be married when they're 14 years old, you know. No, they as don't. Once they in school, they have a chance. They, the extended family or anyone is like, okay, they're making progress. Let's. I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's wonderful. Well, I, I'm dedicated to your cause and I hope everybody takes a look at the documentary. I'm Thank Kim Burns. This is What's the Story with uh, Troika Bukholt. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for watching, everyone. Thank you. Take care. Namaste. 